Seven footers gang. Do you hear the excitement in my voice? We are back. It has been a long few weeks, but we are refreshed and ready to go for this NBA season. Jenna and Gerard here. Mm -hmm. You guys know the deal already, mm -hmm. but in case you don't welcome to the new season, episode 122, baby. Gerard is looking beautiful and red over there. We're kind of coordinating and we're still virtual out in these streets. Yeah, man. COVID's still real. But we are making it happen, baby. How mm -hmm. you how are you doing over there, Gerard? You know, Jenna, it's so interesting that you ask that. I felt like we had not enough of an off season. I mean, our last episode was August fourth, so it seems like to everybody, ah, oh, you guys have been off for like two months, yeah, man. But like those those eight weeks flew by, and it wasn't like we were we weren't doing anything. We have regular day jobs <laughs> that we're doing, right? Now, granted, those regular day jobs are in the world of sports and entertainment, but still, like, so we're never far away from it. But it's like, yeah. I, I think that's the thing. It's like, we're never really away, right? It's just, it's nonstop. But this is, this season, upon its completion, we will finally have a normal off season and time off and all that jazz. We'll see how it all plays out, <laughs> um, you know. I'd like to say we're back to normal, but we're not. We're not quite, not quite. <laughs> We're, the news has been chaotic. Um, COVID has dominated the news. It has... Uh, just been a topic that has been so controversial and turned political in ways mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. has kind of divided the NBA throughout the week, throughout media week. Mm -hmm. um, so between players coming out and voicing their opinions, between players not being vaccinated and the big names in that conversation is what we're hearing, of course, these days, Kyrie Irving, Andrew mm -hmm. Wiggins, mm -hmm. and the coincidence there is that the local laws require you mm -hmm. to have at least one dose of mm -hmm. the vaccination and eventually two if you want to play in San Francisco where the Warriors are or New York where the Knicks and the Nets are. But the Knicks came out a while ago, said they're all vaxxed. Mm -hmm. So they um, surprisingly weren't in the news. <laughs> um, turning over the new leaf, baby. Here we go. Kimba Waka era. But anyway, um, yeah, let's get into this a little bit because it is a serious topic there. There's a lot going on, a lot to dissect. But we did find out recently, though, that Andrew Wiggins mm -hmm. did get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. He basically said, you know, mm -hmm. paraphrasing here, but, you know, you either get vaccinated or you don't play in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Hence, mm -hmm. that is very factual at this point. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about Kyrie Irving, though, because there's a lot of question marks around him and obviously our beat listeners know that you cover the nets very heavily mm -hmm. yeah so, so i yeah i was in brooklyn for media for media week and Kyrie was not there obviously um spoke to us via zoom and so i mean we had already heard rumblings um and you know through sources and people i talked to um it was it was my understanding that Kyrie was the lone uh vaccine holdout and so it was no surprise when he was not available on media day um, you know, and he came in with all this stuff, like, you know, we know we got to be laser sharp, laser focused. We want to no distractions. I'm like, well, Kyrie, like you not being vaxxed is a big distraction. And he didn't answer any questions when asked by uh, all, all of us media members about, you know, what, what his, what his status was, was respect my privacy, all this sort of thing. And it's like, you know, I'm going to say it simply like this, Jenna, like it is not a private matter. This is a matter of public health. 
Okay, that's number one. Number two, you play professional basketball in a city that mandates uh, vaccines for anybody going indoors for gyms and those kinds of activities. Um, you missing 40, potentially missing 41 home games and the uh, accompanying practices that are available, that's problematic for your team. Uh, the Nets uh, are back from their training camp in San Diego. They played the Lakers on Sunday and they were back in Brooklyn today for practice. Kyrie was not there because, again, but he, he is not San Diego. He was right? in San Diego, yes, because San Diego does not have right. uh, the, okay. the mandate requirements as, as Manhattan and San Francisco do. Um, so, yes, yeah, so he was out in San Diego training camp, full go at practice. He was on the bench at in L.A. at Staples Center because none of the big none of the big stars played. But back in Brooklyn for practice today, the day that we're recording this, he was not available because, again, not vaccinated. And if his whole goal is to not be a distraction, then he needs to find a way to just end this and do what he has to do. The idea about, you know, I got to do my own research and all it's like I, I'm, I'm done with that. Stop. They have the the these vac- these vaccinations have been administered over six billion doses. That's all the research you need. Okay, like you don't need to do anything else. The evidence is out there. It is overwhelmingly unlikely that if you get the vaccine, you will get COVID and have severe uh, symptoms and be in the hospital. Everyone loves to talk about the breakthrough cases. Breakthrough cases. That's point oh 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 one percent. The vaccine. Uh, Moderna, 99 point something percent effective. Um, uh, The Pfizer, 92%. I mean, these things are highly effective, okay? So Mm -hmm. it's just, if you really care about this team and you want to win and the brotherhood and all stuff these NBA guys talk about, no, man, do what you got to do. And let's not forget, everybody in this country who has gone to public school, gone to camp, gone to any kind of thing, you had to be vaccinated or you weren't allowed. This isn't something brand new. Measles, mumps, rubella, all those things, chicken pox, you had to get vaccinations or you couldn't go, period. Mm-hmm. And I heard Draymond Green say something st- stupid the other day at his media availability uh, before Andrew had gotten vaccinated. Oh, that would be like me saying, why haven't you gotten the polio vaccine? It's like, no, Draymond, no, 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 no. See, that. that doesn't exist. You know why that's not relevant? Polio doesn't exist anymore. You want to know why? Because of vaccinations, right? That's why we don't have polio, dummy. Like, same thing dummy. with COVID, right? Like, I mean, so these guys who are non-vaccinated, like, you know, my thing with, you know, everyone saw Andrew Wiggins' press, um, his media day press availability, and he was strident and like, it's none of your business and like, was just getting all defensive. He it's was about snippy. It's about my beliefs, but didn't want to tell us what his beliefs were. Oh, but you're vaxxed now. So obviously your beliefs weren't strong enough to make you not get vaxxed, right? And, th- and this is my point, right? I am all for people who have principles and beliefs. I am down 100%. Like the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said in his multiple stub stack letters, if you feel that strongly about it, then don't play. Make your stand, right? Be like, because I feel for whatever reason, religious, whatever your reasoning is, I'm not doing it and I'm not playing. Okay, cool. I got no problem with that, but you're not doing that, so... And the NBA, uh, I forgot to note, denied uh, Wiggins his yes, of submission they did. for a religious of exemption for did. the vaccination. Of yeah. they did. So there was that as well. And then we had, you mentioned Kareem, so I'll just bring it up now. He, he just published an essay uh, 
titled with LeBron James's name in it. Uh, why is LeBron or why LeBron is wrong about honoring vaccination hesitancy? Yes. Because LeBron came out and said he doesn't he has no right to tell anybody what to do with their personal choice. Basically, it's a personal decision. Him and Draymond Green had similar comments. Uh, Kareem is calling them out now, specifically LeBron James in this new essay and saying um, that his his stance because of his status right. as being the face of the league right. and someone who cares about social justice in the black community, right. that the black community is now in danger right. because people will listen to him. Right. Correct. Yeah. As usual, the GOAT Kareem Abdul-Jabbar hits it right on the head, right? Perfectly said. LeBron, you can't want to be a leader in these things, but not be a leader on these other things, right? We know COVID-19 adversely affects black minority populations, Okay. When you go out and you say, it is not my position to tell somebody, no, no, my guy, because there are people out, not me, because first of all, I don't think we should be looking to athletes or celebrities as role models. Um, yeah. That is a glitch and a flaw with society and the matrix and how we do this. But I'm rational and mature and reasoned enough to know not to follow these people. But there are plenty of people out there who Follow these people religiously. Jenna, you saw this stuff with Nicki Minaj was going on a few weeks back and like all her stands. And like mm -hmm. there are people who blindly follow what these athletes say. And the problem with that is whether or not a famous person does or does not get the vaccine because of their status and whom they are and their access to resources. If they mm -hmm. do, in fact, get sick, they are going to get the best possible care available to get themselves nursed back to health, right? In whatever circumstance that may be. The mm -hmm. average human being does not have that capability, right? What about those poor people who follow you, who listen to everything you say, who don't have access to the best medical care? If they get COVID and it's severe symptoms, they're probably going to die, right? That's how that's going to work. They don't have the luxury you have. So yes, is it is it a... Is it unfortunate that that's part of the gig? But yes, that is part of the gig. When you have that platform, you are responsible to put out responsible, truthful information and not fuel conspiracy theories and misinformation. And that's mm -hmm. what people like Jonathan Isaac and Michael Porter Jr. and Kyrie and, and, and Draymond, even though he's vaccinated, it's like, no, you can't, that's no, no misinformation, my friends. You've got to put out facts out there so people do what is right. And again, it is not a personal decision. It is only personal if you decide I'm not getting vaccinated and I'm staying in my home and I'm not going to interact with anybody. Then I don't care. Don't get vaccinated. Knock yourself out. Don't bother me. But if you choose to engage in public amongst everybody else, then it's no longer a, 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 a private decision. It's a public mm -hmm. decision because now you're choosing to potentially infect others with whatever it is that you do. No, big facts, big facts. And I couldn't agree more. So I'm not even going to exhaust the topic, but really quick back to Kyrie Irving here, just because as we've seen in today's GM survey that came out, which we'll get to in a second, the Brooklyn Nets are highly favored to win the title. So, so much is on the line, especially this season with everyone back healthy and just so much again on the line. So Steve Nash comes out today, says he's not worried about it. Um, and that they're working and this and that, but let's be serious. The season is going to start and 44 games. That's pretty much half your season. Mm -hmm. So 
the question begs, what is going on behind the scenes? And is he going to, how long is he going to hold out? I've never seen so many standoffs in the goddamn NBA. <laughs> so this like, is, this is the company line, right? The Nets all to a man, coaching staff, GM, front office, players, all that. They're all saying, we're not worried about it. We're not worried about it. We're not worried about it. That's the public face they're telling us. Uh, mm-hmm. Behind the scenes, as reported by Vinny Goodwill of Yahoo Sports um, and people I've talked to as well. The thought process here is, is that, Kyrie's relationship with Kevin Durant is going to eventually push him forward to get the vaccine. Kevin will ultimately get to the point where he's like, look, man, I get it, mm-hmm. but we try to do something here, mm-hmm. right? This team, and we'll get to, today is our conference uh, conference uh, preview day when we get to mm-hmm. Brooklyn. This team, top to bottom, is loaded and has everything it needs to win an NBA championship. That is why they got together and came here. Don't mm-hmm. derail it now because of honestly misinformation, misinformation and a stupid decision. Right. And the thing is, though, too, you you say and we can move on after this, but I just thought of I hope this doesn't happen for the sake of the Nets wanting to execute this grand plan. But they Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant have a really strong relationship, of course. I, I hope that Kevin is going to have some influence to help him come to a decision that benefits the team. However, what if Kyrie is so serious about this that it potentially hurts the relationship? Because you know how bad Kevin Durant wants to win a championship with this team, not saying to take it away from Kyrie Irving that he doesn't, but Kyrie Irving has made it very clear that what he believes in outside of the game is necessarily more important than the game sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is what I fear is the broken relationship there. I mean, Jenna, that's fair. That could happen. I, I don't know the inner workings of their relationship, right? Because I'm not that close to, to, to know. Um, but that's a, that's a fair question to ask, right? What kind of a strain will this put on the relationship? And if you look back to some of the moves that Brooklyn has made, and again, we'll get into it when we talk about the, 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 the preview, having James Harden and getting Patty Mills this offseason now, now may bode hugely important if Kyrie Irving, uh, misses 41 or more games and or you know that talk is always floating around about Kyrie walking away from the game right I mean who knows right so I think that they have some insurance that just in case things go sideways they're not you know literally like you know out of luck yeah very true and this is the perfect segue because God forbid something were to happen that they don't have their star point guard. There's another one <laughs> that is floating around just waiting for a trade. If you want to see the best soap opera in the NBA or ever necessarily, go to Philadelphia, hit up Wells Fargo, see what Daryl Morey's doing besides crunching numbers and asking too much of a high asking price for Ben Simmons because it is dumpster fire city in uh, the city there. So let's talk about Ben Simmons. He was a no-show media day, no-show at training camp, and he is reportedly, I've seen it a lot with The Athletic, but reportedly done with this team completely, and he's only doing negotiations through his agent, Rich Paul of Clutch Sports, and now we have the new news that comes out that the, well, first, what I find is funny, that the Sixers go to media day, Doc Rivers hits up first take, and it's like, we want Ben back, we want Ben back, go Ben, and then a couple days later, Joel Embiid gets fed up in the media and then they decide not to pay Ben Simmons the second installment of his pay for this season, which is, you know, just a mere 8.25 million Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. the $170 million max contract he signed in 2019. So 
what the hell is going on in Philadelphia? <laughs> well, look, and is this is Ben Simmons going to get a trade that he necessarily wants? Unless we, somebody, I hate to say it, goes down. We are at an old-fashioned standoff, Jenna. And it's going to be who blinks first. And there are factors on the side of Philly that makes me believe the likelihood is that they blink first. It is my understanding through people I've talked to, and of course the great reporting from Keith Pompey, beat reporter, longtime beat reporter for the Sixers of the Philadelphia Inquirer, all the great beat reporters at The Athletic, that the Sixers and Ben are at an impasse. This is, this is a done deal. Done. We heard about how the Sixers tried to fly out to see him in California. He was like, nah, I'm good. Like, I don't need to talk to you guys. Like, clearly the damage has been done there. The relationship is fractured and Ben no longer wants to be there. Keith also reported that Ben put up his uh, residence in the Ritz-Carlton Philadelphia for sale. Um, so, listen, he he's good to go, man. He's like, I'm straight. I, I, I'm, I'm done with the city of Philadelphia. And it's also rumored that his... Uh, home in uh, Morristown, New Jersey, Southern New Jersey, which is close to, to Philadelphia, is also being rumored to be put on the market soon as well. Um, so it seems like he's done with that part of the country and the Philadelphia 76ers. The reason why I say Philly is going to blink first is because I think Ben seems very steadfast in his, I'm good to hold out. Like he's got his money and doesn't need it for the season. And what's happening for Philadelphia is they're in a situation right now where as a team, they can't be worse than they were last season. They were the number one seed last season in the Eastern Conference. Mm -hmm. They can't be worse than that. And for all of Ben's uh, shortcomings on the, on the court as it relates to shooting and being aggressive as it relates on the offensive end, he does so many other things well. Who is replacing all of that stuff on that roster? No one that I can see. And so mm -hmm. it is conceivable that... Philly actually starts out poorly and doesn't play as well. Yes, you still have Joel Embiid, but you're trying to figure out, is it Tyrese Maxey at point guard? Is it Shake Milton? Like, what, what are we actually doing here, right? And it's not exactly what you want. And losing Ben loses your ability to be excellent in the fast break because he is a one-man fast break, and he's an amazing, gifted passer. So mm -hmm. you have that going on. Also, Joel Embiid has an injury history. God forbid he goes down, misses a week, Listen, Philly starts the season 5-11 and 11 or 6-12. and 12. You got issues here. And then it isn't so much that. Then it's the consistent questions from the media to the players about Ben, 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 Ben. Joel finally being like, I'm sick of answering these Ben questions. He goes to Philadelphia 76ers owner Josh, uh, Governor Josh Harris and is like, yo, I'm sick of answering these questions. Get this dude out of here. Because Daryl Morey is the type. He loves awkward situations and is fine with uncomfortable you know with discomfort and weird awkwardness but daryl isn't the one that's in front of the media every day he doesn't have to deal with that it's the players and how long does josh harris want to deal with because one thing we know owners don't like is bad press about their team and looking silly in front of their other their their, their colleagues in front of their their, their uh -huh. peers fellow owners how long does he want to deal with that when he gets these weirds like listen daryl i don't care Take the L, get him out of here. We got to move on from this situation. So I think those factors make Philly more likely to be like, all right, we got to move him and do what they have to do. What were your thoughts really quick? Did you catch when Joel Embiid said um, to accommodate Ben, that's why they got rid of Jimmy Butler? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and those, what do you had to say about that situation? 
I'm not saying that that's true, but I'm not saying it isn't true either. Okay. Like I think Joel handled the bench stuff early on very well, but I think that was a moment of sort of revelation where you could tell he was just annoyed and was like, look, man, because remember the, 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 the information had come out that Ben and, you know, we didn't know where it came from, but based on what it was, it came from Ben's camp that he felt that playing with Joel Embiid stifled his game. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Joel's like, what do you mean stifled, stifled your game? We do everything to get, to get you players around here. We got tons of shooting, like all these things. And let's be clear. Those two as a duo, the best plus minus rating in the NBA last year. So yes, is it awkward at times? For sure. But it's also very good. Okay. And we saw it again. They were the number one seed in the Eastern Conference last year. Very, very good. So, you know, I just think that Joel's at a point now where he's getting fed up about it. And again, Jenna, I'm looking at this season starts. Ben's still not there. Let's say they're eight and eight or they're just, they're just not clicking and firing on all cylinders. And the questions, and it's the questions continue. They never stop. They just keep coming and coming and coming. Ultimately, Doc, Joel, and the players are going to get tired of answering about it. And that situation is going to be too much. And I think that's going to put pressure on Philly to make a move. I am leaning more towards your your stance about it because, again, I mean, they need to figure it out. And they're the ones that have been crying wolf the whole time. So, and Ben's not talking. So, I... I just can't wait to see like the nine part series that <laughs> is going to drop on like 30 for 30 about this, like in a couple of years, like yeah. what really happened in Philadelphia. The and real behind like the scenes. Oh, it's going to be absolutely amazing. I am curious to watch this team though, because if Simmons doesn't play, I want to see how well Joel Embiid is alone. I mean, look, Joel's going to do his thing and put up all NBA type numbers. But the question is, is the team as a whole good? You know, we talked about this on True Hoop earlier this week. Nothing in Ben Simmons' game, offensively, or really anything, is highlight-worthy in that way, right? He ain't on a lot of sports center stuff and the things that, like, you know, the casual fan thinks that matters, right? Like, we know what, what's one of Kyrie's uh, famous commercials, Uncle Drew, right? And so Uncle Drew's sitting with uh, the legendary Bill Russell. And what does Bill Russell say? This game is and always will be about getting buckets, right? Like getting buckets is what gets you on SportsCenter and is what highlights are. Ben's not really a bucket getter, right? We've talked about that. But he does everything else. Mm -hmm. And those things matter to winning basketball, okay? And that's my point. So when, I think Joel will be fine putting up his numbers. But you'll see, I think, the 76ers fast break won't be as good. Their defense is going to take a hit because of how versatile Ben is. And then we're going to see, hmm, may not be so great not having that guy around here. We're not as good. Mm-hmm. And, jo- and Joel said it. We're definitely not a better team without him. He knows. We are better yeah. with him. So he knows that. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of people are also forgetting the type of elite defender that he is as well. Defender, playmaker, all that stuff. Conversations. I mean, yeah, I think everybody gets up on the hype of like the mis- the mystery of it and and trolling him per se mm-hmm. more than the fact that like like take a minute and analyze this kid's game like he can actually help certain teams out. Come so on. he can help a lot of teams out. He he yeah. he would be great on a lot of teams. On listen, he's a phenomenal basketball player. Now I'm not gonna all make this seem like you know it's all everybody else's fault. Ben's got to take some accountability on. Listen, man, why are we in year four or five, or whatever year this is, and you're still not shooting? What is up with that? Like, you got to own that. 
right? So there are things we get to, he has to own there. But, you know, this will be interesting. That's... Bless you. Thank you. This is a live show, people, just That's so it. you know. That's how we do. <laughs> um, speaking of owning things, this owner is <laughs> being questioned for all of his intelligence as an owner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am talking about Robert Sarver, uh, owner of the Phoenix Suns, because right now there's... I can't even believe what I'm actually reading. So we have Woj who comes out and says that the Suns are reluctant to offer the maximum rookie contract extension to their former number one overall pick, DeAndre, and who, I'm sorry, was so crucial in their 2021 NBA Finals run. You know, that time where Chris made it to the finals for the first time ever in his career. Yeah, that time. So... Now we have also Woj coming out and saying that Aiton is reluctant to taking anything less than the max, be like the people that he drafted with, Luca, Trey Young, who all got massive deals. So Michael Porter Jr. just signed his this. rookie max extension as well. Yes, and Michael Porter Jr. So, and to tell me that DeAndre Aiton doesn't deserve it as opposed to Michael Porter Jr. No offense, Michael Porter Jr. But I mean, look at look at this roster of this draft class of all these guys that are getting max contracts. A lot of people are questioning what is going on in Phoenix. And I would like to know what Chris Paul thinks about this because DeAndre was very vocal in him, in his teachings and saying that Chris Paul was helping him develop into a better player and X, Y, Z. So if the team wants to go and run it back, why wouldn't you take eight and then please him? Well, Robert Sarver has long been known as a cheap owner and, you know, and a bad owner, right? Phoenix, Phoenix not too long ago was the ultimate dumpster fire squad, right? We talk about them all the time. Like, what a disaster. Um, Iconically. But it seemed as though they were changing their ways when they, you know, extended um, Booker, when they drafted Aiton and Bridges. I was like, okay. And then when they made the trade to get, to get Chris, I was like, all right, they're doing some things. Um, Make no mistake, you know we love the point god on this show. He's one of my favorite players, one of the great players in the history of the league. But make no mistake about this. The Phoenix Suns do not go to the NBA Finals last season without DeAndre Ayton. Period. No. Period. Absolutely. He is vital to this team. And let's also be clear, he is the future of this franchise along with Devin Booker. So, Robert Sarver, listen, I don't care what your problem is about luxury tax or whatever. Pay the man his money. You want to... You want to extend him a, a qualifying offer at like 17 or 18 million? No, he is worth a maximum contract. If it's me and that's my team, I'm 100% extending him. Because see now, this is the trouble you get yourself into when you start fooling around with his money. Because remember, when, mm-hmm. when they signed Chris, DeAndre took a bit of a backseat as it relates to what he had to do offensively, right? Defensively, he kept growing his game and all that, but he took a bit of a step back and was fine because he's like, no, nah, this is about us winning. Mm-hmm. Well, when I do that as the franchise cornerstone, because again, you drafted me what? Number one, right? So that means you believe that I am the future cornerstone of this franchise. So I'm cool with that. And now you want to talk about not paying me and offering me a, a qualifying offer? That is how quickly someone, especially a young guy like Aiton, can get mm-hmm. real sour on this team quick and things yep. can go bad in a hurry. So if I'm Robert Sarver, I fix this immediately. Immediately. And that's the thing in any aspect. And this is my own opinion, my belief in any job, any career field. I don't care if you're the janitor inside the Suns arena. You don't mess with people's money. Number one. And number two, the kid's 23 and has this much skill. And And you want to mess up the relationship now? Yeah. 
Yeah. He has so Big I mean, mistakes. Jenna, he he hasn't even scratched like what he could be he's, offensively yet. As you mentioned, he's twenty three. I mean, this is a, done growing. This is a future all <laughs> NBA like level performer. Like, I mean, and the, and listen, psh, okay, again, you want to mess around with? And again, when you're young and at his age, and you know, he, he starts feeling disrespected. That's you don't want to be in this spot. So again. We'll see. Time will tell what happens here and what what happens in Phoenix. But uh, that situation can get bad in a hurry. Yep. They better think about that because without a deal, he becomes a restricted free agent next summer. So that'll be right around the corner. Don't you play about that. Mm -hmm. And someone and there are many teams who would easily put out an offer offer sheet for him. Easy. I would go to the bank right now and take out a phone. Do that. Like, yeah. Like, come on, Robert. Get it together. All right, let's move on because we got to talk about what is always fun. The 2021-22 NBA um, GM survey is out, and a lot of stuff is predictable. A lot of stuff might be surprising, but this is fun because it gives us a little bit of a taste of what executives around the league are thinking about other teams and the moves that they made in the offseason and kind of foreshadows a little bit who we're going to see shine in the coming season. So... We have to, you know, of course, mention the non-surprise of Kevin Durant favored Mm -hmm. to win the MVP over Luka Doncic. So that should be interesting. Uh, Nets for the finals. But let's uh, break it down a little bit here. Overall opinion, were you surprised? Did anything really come out to you? Nothing really jumped out. I think, you know, with with the GM serving with everything, it's always – it's so recent history, like what just happened, right? And I think everyone is still mesmerized, even though they lost in the conference semis, about the 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 effort Kevin Durant pulled off um, basically by himself, right? He had Kyrie was out for the rest of that Milwaukee series. James Harden was on one leg. And, you know, everybody oh, talks about it, right? You you are a toe, a toe away from basically winning the series, right? Like by yourself, because that's how sublime he was. I mean, you know me. It, everyone to me, I'm like, but that's who Kevin Durant's always been. That like, I like, I don't know what everybody's like. Oh my god, I'm like, he's always been that dude. Like, uh, this isn't surprising to me. You know, I've always thought he's the best player in the league. Um, so this isn't like a thing to me where I'm like, oh my god, look what's happening. Um, so no, that that that's not a surprise. I think you know, again, Nets and Lakers, I think, are what the GMs figure would be the two teams coming out of both conferences. Again, if both teams are healthy, I don't necessarily disagree. I'm a little. I'm a little less bullish on the Lakers, um, only because I think they'll be a great regular season team, um, but I'm not sure how they're going to fit in the playoffs, and we'll save that for next week's Western Conference preview show. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think I think a, a lot of the what, what the GMs see see are true, right? There's going to be I think they had Eric Spolstra as the best coach, they had um, uh, Ty Lue and Rick Carlisle as the best in game adjusters. I mean, I agree with all that stuff, right? I mean, these guys are great tacticians. I think Patty Mills is a great signing. I think they mentioned that as like one of the great signings. Uh, Alonzo Ball was up there as well. Um, you know, Giannis Your is... Your boy, who? Triple J. Oh, Triple J as, 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 the, as a breakout. Well, listen, we'll talk about him again when he's we get due. to the Western. He, listen, well, he's got to. This is this is his season because mm-hmm. he has not been extended yet of that draft class to get his rookie deal, rookie extension. So this year is big for him. Um, and yeah, I, I, everything has been, has gone about as planned. I think the, the GM said, if you were to start a franchise today, who would you pick? And Giannis was the overwhelming favorite. No surprise there. I mean, Giannis, you know, contrary to what everybody thinks is now at 26, now entering his prime after what we saw 
in the NBA yeah. Finals. He is now be- in the beginning of his prime at 26. That's a scary did you notice he's more – he's always been the, you know, quirky guy, but he's more likable now after this run. We really <laughs> got to see him like – the personality and being funny and nothing like winning a championship media. right nothing like winning a championship <laughs> cures Except all that ails you, you. <laughs> yep it is that championship dna he has it we're seeing it and uh he's thriving yeah um also another one the heat had a great off season uh yeah and we'll we'll talk, we'll talk about Miami when, when 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 we get to them. You know, the Kyle Lowry acquisition was was big. I'm as we said, we're we're getting to our outlook now. I'm going to talk about the Heat in mm-hmm. a bit. Um, I'm not as bullish on the Heat as everybody else is. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I'm up in the 305, about to go there permanently. So I get my butler. Oh, not not, not not now. You're going to South Beach. What happened to L.A. with your man's LeBron? Oh, I'm still there. Oh, but okay. Now you're also got- earlier now because gotcha. they're geriatric. So <laughs> that's when I'll go to the 305 and hang out on a casual yacht party with Tyler Hero and the boys. Tyler so, Hero. you know, just just had to throw it out there. I see so, it. I see it. <laughs> all right, guys. As you know, as Gerard just mentioned, we will be doing the Western Conference preview next week, and then. This is our Eastern Conference preview right now. So we are only staying in the East. So let's break it down a little bit, set you guys up for the season because we are just as excited as you guys are. Let's talk about teams that are lottery bound, a.k.a. they're not good. (laughs) Um, And they're most likely in the middle of major rebuilds, but it's okay. Mm -hmm. So the Cleveland Cavaliers, young team, building around this young core. Then we have Kevin Love. Doesn't necessarily seem to fit in with the blueprint here. Talk to me about the Cavs. If what's even going well, on? Well, you know, for our listeners and our viewers, I love this because, as you know, on our show notes, Jenna, I, I grouped. Te- I said, let's talk about the teams in groups, right? Lottery bound, playoff contenders, solid playoff teams, and, and title contenders. And I was like, the reason why I want to do that, I was like, we don't want to spend all day talking about Cleveland, Detroit, and Orlando, right? Because these right. are the these are the teams that are lottery bound. Look, as it relates to Cleveland. It's a rebuild. It's all young guys there. Sands, Kevin Love. I don't know how long he stays there. Um, and I can't imagine that's a situation he wants to be in because young guys generally don't win in this league. The one thing I'm excited to see in Cleveland is Evan Mobley, their draft pick, play with Jared Allen, uh, their $100 million man they just extended um, out there. I think that'll be an interesting front court. Um, and the, the Sexland backcourt, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, right? How does that play that's out with Isaac, with Isaac Okoro? Look, they're young. And they have to learn how to win and compete on a night-to-night basis. That's mm-hmm. that's what I'm looking for from this team. And I just want to see how the young guys progress and develop over the course of the season. But that's really it. They're not going to be very good. All right, Detroit. They got the number one pick in Cade Cunningham. Supposed to have an incredible breakout season despite Jalen Green being picked in the GM survey to get Rookie of the Year. But that's going to be a close one as many of us have predicted. So let's uh, talk about Detroit. What's going on? Yeah, I want to see Cade as well. I think what Detroit has going for them is having Dwayne Casey as a coach, right? Because I think he's really going to, you know, he's going to have those guys competing and playing hard and playing well, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But look, it's Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, Killian Hayes. Again, all young dudes. Young dudes by themselves generally do not win in this league. That's just not how it goes. It's... It takes time for them to figure out how this works. Look, remember when Oklahoma City had Katie, then they got Russ and James Harden and 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 um and Serge Ibaka. Look, man, mm-hmm. it took them 
three years before they got that thing together. And, and then it was like, ah, the light bulb went off. It takes a while. Like you're going to lose in the beginning. And look at, and those three dudes are hall of famers, all been league MVPs, uh, except for Serge, of course, but like a great player. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to take a while. So not going to be a whole lot going on in Detroit. Oh yeah. All right. Well, uh, not a lot going on here either. Let's talk about the magic because in a terrible off season where they got rid of most of their leading scorers, including what Aaron Gordon, um, mm-hmm. Vucevic, mm-hmm. Fourn- Fournier. Everyone's so gone. they did get the steal of the draft according to the GM survey mm-hmm. and Jalen Suggs. Mm-hmm. But what were they thinking? Look, rebuild time <laughs> in Orlando. The only thing I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing there is Jalen Suggs. That's it. Period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it. you know, we mentioned Jonathan Isaac and his anti-vaccination stance. You know, oh, he's yeah. he's also still injured, so he's not going to be quite ready yet to, to to play to start the season, I believe. Was that um, an ACL? Uh, yeah. So, you know, but Jalen Green's, uh, excuse me, Jalen Suggs, excuse me, is what I'm looking forward here to seeing here. And let's be real. Cleveland, Detroit, and Orlando ain't going to be heavy on the league pass rotation. Let's just call it what it is. Not at all. Not a league pass team. We'll bring you guys back that uh, little segment at some point. (laughs) But let's go to more exciting uh, teams and playoff contenders. A lot of guys that have a lot of potential on these teams. Uh, Charlotte, the Bulls, who are have a completely new identity, which is exciting. The Pacers, the Raptors, and the Wizards. Let's kick it off with the Hornets. Lamelo Ball coming off that Rookie mm-hmm, of the mm-hmm. Year award. Uh, I see. I see a lot of things happening for him, and just a better season than the last. Yeah, no, Jenna. Th- I think this grouping of teams, these, these five of them, right? These playoff contenders of these five teams. Because, you know, we have, we have the playing tournaments. So we go up to the 10 seed. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to figure out of these five, which three teams are going to make up the bottom the bottom of the conference, right? Because I think the the the, the seven teams ahead, ahead of them are firmly entrenched of who they are. And it's going to be, mm-hmm. can we find three teams out of this group of five to fill out the rest of the Eastern Conference playoffs? Look, the big thing with LaMelo is, can he avoid the sophomore slump? Does his shooting continue to get mm-hmm. better? Um, Terry Rozier, does he maintain his level of play? Um are PJ Washington and Miles Bridges ready to make a step up? And really the big thing for, for Charlotte, and I love uh, head coach James Borrego. I, I love what he's bringing there and what he's instilling. Gordon Hayward. I mean, I feel like he hasn't had a healthy season in like five years. So, yeah. I mean, if they're going to do anything, he needs to stay healthy for the duration of the season, play 70-something games, whatever, and get himself back to all-star level status. If they do that and LaMelo is continuing to ascend, this is one of the teams that could take one of those, those three uh, remaining spots. Yeah, I think they're going to surprise us uh, in Charlotte. Let's talk about the Bulls, because like I said, new identity, Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, and then, of course, we have Zach Levine returning, um, Vucevic. Mm-hmm. I mean, this team looks good on paper. You know, me. so they're so interesting, right? Like Billy Donovan's there, and what is the direction of this team? I mean, I like Lonzo Ball a lot. I like DeMar. I'm not really sure what the fit's going to be there. Zach Levine, interesting enough, that extension has not been signed yet. Um, you know, and he talked about... That was about, already a thing, wasn't and, it? Right, and, and he talked about, you know, wanting to get his respect. And I'm like, oh, well, mm-hmm. a, another another young player who feels like he's not being respected, that's something that Bears paying attention to uh, out there in, 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 in Chicago. Look, they're obviously putting all their chips in and going for a playoff spot, right? And don't forget they have mm-hmm. Patrick Williams on that squad as well who can develop. But, yeah. all, all, but all in for what? The eight seed, maybe? Maybe the seven? Mm-hmm. I, I just, I have to see this play out. I, I'm not sure how it all fits. I have to see it. So with Chicago, I'm kind of a, 
I got to see it work. But I'm intrigued, kind of. <laughs> me too, me too. Let's talk about the Pacers because the Pacers are worrying me a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm talking injuries. Yep. CJ Warren, Karis LeVert mm -hmm. is out again. Mm -hmm. So how can Rick Carlisle turn this into a positive? You know, if TJ Warren and, and Karis LeVert were healthy coming into this season with Carlisle, I was like, oh, guaranteed. I would actually, I would have moved Indiana up into a solid playoff team because mm -hmm. listen, we all know the disaster right. the disaster that was Nate Bjorkman last year and how he had no control of that locker room. The players didn't respect him. Carlisle mm -hmm. comes in, immediate respect, one of the best coaches in the league. Uh, but Karis LeVert, man, this poor kid, injury-stricken, man. Like, stress, a stress fracture in his back? That doesn't sound good. I know they're all, like, optimistic. I'm like, and remember, this is him coming off of the cyst being removed off of his kidneys. It's like every year it's something with LeVert. And, mm -hmm. and you know what? They, every time you get surgery or they cut into you, a little bit you're a little less a little less and with Levert too it's it an injury is an injury I get it but these aren't normal no. typical like, yeah. this is not a sprain this is not a yeah. finger this yeah. is not a toe it's a stress fracture in your back you yeah. probably can't even breathe well like it's, it's that's bad. the way I would see it yeah and TJ Warren his his foot it's that's taking longer than they expect look they still have uh, my guy, DeMontis Sabonis. Um, they have Malcolm Brogdon. They have Miles Turner. You know, Carlisle will be able to work some magic. But look, if those two guys, Warren and Levert, cannot come back healthy, it's going to be a struggle for them to fight to stay as one of those teams that, that make up one of those last three spots, eight, nine, and 10 mm -hmm. in the East. And Warren was on the come up before that foot. Oh, so. man, he was killing it. He was, he was the best player in the bubble. He was, remember, yeah. he, was, yeah. he was scoring from everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So good luck to them in Indiana. But one thing we know about them is they fight. They got that grit. So let's talk about the Raptors because I feel like they've been going through. Um, oh, sorry. Um, oh, Raptors, yeah, the Raptors. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sorry. I'm looking at the list. I feel like they have been going. If you, it always feels like yesterday that they just won the championship. So <laughs> they, they went through a lot of adversity. Talk to me about what we can expect out of them and their new court, which is looking amazing. Well, the, the big thing for them is how happy are they going to be they're not in Tampa? Like, they, Toronto hasn't been able to play home in for two seasons. They're going to be yeah. back in the friendly confines of the North, back in, back in, back in the six with Drake, you know, and, and the OVO squad up there. Look, they're, they're, I think that's the first thing. They're going to be happy to be home and have a routine in Toronto. Um, the, the big thing for them is Pascal Siakam's health. He's not going to be ready to start the season, but he should be back relatively soon. And does he get himself back to all-star level Pascal Siakam? Uh, President of Basketball Operations, Masai Ujiri, um, he has said that he sees a breakout season coming and Pascal getting himself back, back to where he is. They're very excited about their draft pick, Scotty Barnes. Um, he is a do-it-all guy. He's got such intangibles. He can do so I'm many things on the floor. Him. I'm really excited for him. And I think OG Ananobi and Chris Boucher, those guys can make leaps. Of course, we have Fred, Fred Van Vliet. Look, I, I put a star next to them, an asterisk, because I'm like, the big thing with them is if Pascal can get himself back to that all-star level and we see mm -hmm. the development from Boucher and OG makes another leap, I think this is a good squad. And I think they can definitely compete for one of those, those last three spots. Because they're, they're a good squad. And, and for Toronto, Masai said, this is not a throwaway year for them. They're not just like throwing in the towel, trying to get a draft pick. They're competing. So I think this could be a good year for them. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. 
So true. Um, Pascal definitely needs a leap. So he's due as well. Let's talk about the Wizards because Russell Westbrook is no longer there. We have Bradley Beal. I like the addition of Spencer Dinwiddie. Mm -hmm. He's also coming off that MCL partially torn. Let's mm -hmm. get it straight because he gets a little mad on Twitter. <laughs> and we also have uh, Aaron Holiday. And mm -hmm. let's not forget Contavious Caldwell-Pope. So, Kyle uh, Kuzma, your guy. Kyle Kuzma, that's right. <laughs> um, a lot of shooters, Good, some, some good offensive additions. What are your thoughts for the Wizards? What, how... What grade would you even give them with this squad? Well, GM Tommy Shepard is hopeful that this is a playoff team. Like that, they want to they want to go back to the playoffs and keep building. They have an interesting mix, right? Because you've got young guys in Thomas Bryant, Danny Avdia, who are coming off injury, uh, but they're showing some promise. The other thing to be mindful about, and we learned this, it got reported today by a Wizards beat writer, Rui Hachimura is not in training camp. Um, the Wizards said in the beginning that he was out for personal reasons. And then something came out today where he basically unfollowed everyone on Instagram and like, so I don't know what's going on. I want to speculate, but we have not seen or heard anything in the wizard said, you know, updates will be made in due course. I don't even know what, I mean, I mean, I know what it means, but I don't know what kind of updates we're talking about here. So that's a situation that bears paying attention to because Rui is someone they plan on being a big part of their future. That being said, I do love the idea of, of Dinwiddie and Beal in the backcourt. Love Aaron Holiday. I think KCP is a great shooter. Kuzma. I mean, this this team's thing's gonna be defense. Can they guard? Right? Like, do they mm -hmm. have enough defense? Uh, right now, ain't looking like it. <laughs> um, but they're gonna seem like they're able to put up a lot of points and seemingly be fun. And look, Bradley Beal, we know can go up at any time. And the question is, is he in Washington for the long haul? He's been the most talked about person to move for the last three seasons, it seems like. But he's consistently said, I want to stay here. I'm not going anywhere. We shall see. Uh, but I think, you know, out of this group, Jenna, Charlotte, for me, for sure, I think can do the playoff thing and be one of those last three seeds. I'm going to I'm gonna say Toronto, um, you know, just because I, I like what they're doing. And then it's going to be a toss-up fight between, I think, God, ew, these last three, Washington, Indiana, and Chicago. That's for that last spot. It's going to be those three fighting it out. Mm-hmm. Such a different pool than uh, last year when the mm -hmm. Warriors were in that. I know they're in the uh, West, uh, yeah, but yeah, I just yeah. think about how things have changed. They changed. Hello, yeah. <laughs> That's just a little preview for you guys. He's home. He's back. Um, all right. Let's go to more serious teams because these are our solid playoff contending teams. Let's kick it off with the Atlanta Hawks because they paid Trey Young. They paid John Collins. So they should be really happy and ready to start the season. Not to mention, let's not forget the incredible postseason that they had last season when they came in and showed the Knicks the business in the garden. Trey Young uh, showed no signs of slowing down or lack of confidence. And then they have, of course, Reddish. Uh, they have DeAndre Hunter. Herder. And mm -hmm. Coach uh, Herder, yeah, mm -hmm. and Coach Nate McMillan, your guy. Um, so talk to me about the Hawks. How high is the ceiling for them now? I mean, sky's the limit, Jenna. Like, this is the best young core in the entire NBA. And you know, because we I've said it on this show, I was not high on Trey Young coming out of college. But I made my mea culpa and my about face like he's shown, like, no, he's that dude. And I just love this squad. They are for sure a league pass team. I mean, you mentioned the names. Young, Collins, Hunter, Herder, Reddish. Don't forget Onyeka Kongwu. Like, and mm. they have a healthy mix of veterans, right? With Lou Will, Solomon Hill, right? Guys like that. With uh, Bogdanovich, 
with um, uh, Clint Capella. Like, I just love this squad. And Jenna, they should be a top four seed. They should be. They should be. They should be. They should be somewhere around four. And honestly, if things oh, break, yeah. things break right for them, they could be. A, they could be the three seed. Uh, they're not as good as Milwaukee yeah. and Brooklyn, but they could be a three or four seed. They are that mm-hmm. good. And they made their run last year to the conference finals. And we already know. We talked about Trey. Trey is the proverbial "I play with a chip on my shoulder" guy, and he's their leader. If they follow that and take in that energy, we know Coach Nick McMillan. He's the type to be like. You know, after they made their run to the conference finals, they were probably feeling themselves thinking they were hot shit. You know, Coach McMillan was probably like, y'all ain't shit. Right? Like, you know, all summer, he's probably like, y'all ain't shit. Y'all think y'all mm-hmm. accomplished something? No. Right? So so he's keeping them hungry. Right? And mm-hmm. I just, I love this squad. They are fun. They're exciting. Again, it's all about injuries and health and all that. But if they're healthy, Jenna, there's no reason they should be, they shouldn't be a top four seed. None whatsoever. Couldn't agree more. Let's move on and talk about the Celtics because I feel as though if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown do not come together this season and be that dynamic duo that they need to hit this leap, and I mean a big leap, this could be the demise of that duo. <laughs> Somebody's moving. Wow. So, you For know, real, they're due. They are due. I mean, look, you have two all NBA level talents on the wing, right? In Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They haven't made all NBAs yet, but that's the kind of talent I see with these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when you have wing guys who are that good, that's usually a good sign for you, right? Um, they brought back Al Horford, and I'm kind of mad about that. It's like, whatever, but Al's happy to be there, so that's good. Maybe yeah. that will invigorate him. Point guard's kind of still an issue. I don't love Marcus Smart as your starting point guard, but you got Schroeder, so he'll help some. Um, I think the Robert Williams time lord, his development's always going to be interesting for that team. And this is the first year for head coach Ime Udoka, right? So we'll see what he's able to instill. The early signs and the, the word out of training camp is the players are loving the, the system he's put in. Uh, so maybe they needed mm-hmm. a fresh voice uh, from Brad. So it'll be interesting to see. But this team should be, if those two guys are healthy all season in Tatum and Brown, this is a playoff team. I mean, you, they're, they're, those, those guys are, are good enough that they should be a play, that they're going to be a playoff team. 100%. And um, I do love the addition of coach Ime Udoka because I've heard the same things that you've heard that they're they're all getting along they're loving it he's never been happier Brad is happy so yeah if everyone's happy for once in Boston maybe we can see a little shift here we'll but we also have to watch um Jalen Brown coming off yes. that injury mm-hmm. so we shall see Jason Tatum looks like he put on some muscle so Let's uh, hope that they have a nice breakout season here. Let's uh, move to another dumpster fire. Um, And I'm not saying that because they're bad. I'm just saying it because it's going down. You guessed it, the Sixers. So we have the holdout with Ben Simmons. We have their their court returning, but are they good enough to be number one without Ben Simmons? No, flat out, no. I mean, this is the Ben Simmons situation is going to dictate what happens to this team. And Joe, as, as I said, when we talked about the, Sim, the Simmons situation at the start of the show, Joel said it, and they all know it. The team is not better without Ben. Yes, we know about all his shortcomings, but the things that he does do well complement that team in, and help them, helps them win. Their defense is going to take a hit. It just is if he's, if he's not on the floor. And are you going to be able to make that up with Tobias Harris and Danny Green and, and Seth Curry and Shake Milton and Tyrese Maxey? I don't think so. Right. Like, I, I, I just don't. So, you know, 
this is going to be the situation. What are they able to get back in return? And how can they reshape that team? Um, so, you know, I have Philly as a solid playoff team. But look, they could be down as far as like five or six, depending on, right? I mean, on, on what mm-hmm. happens. And again, this is all predicated on ben, uh, Joel Embiid's health. If Embiid misses a few weeks, this is a disaster for this team, okay? Mm-hmm. Because the rest of that roster is just not good enough. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going to see how valuable Ben Simmons is. Very true. Okay. Let's talk about the Heat because I was looking on uh, NBA.com and they actually have the Heat as championship contenders <laughs> up there <laughs> with the Bucks and the Nets. So, thought that was interesting. The Heat are fun because... They have that season where they're in the bubble mm-hmm. and they make it all the way to the finals. Then they're super quiet last season. They get swept in the mm-hmm. postseason by mm-hmm. Milwaukee. I mean, <laughs> a pretty hard fight, obviously. So we have the addition of Kyle Lowry at the point. You got Jimmy Butler coming back. You have Bam Adebayo, who I'm very excited to see because he's talked up his game saying that he's a shooter now and he's this, he's that, but it's really going to come when we see it on the floor. Then you have Tyler Hero, who coach said, uh, spoke that he put on 10 pounds of muscle, Mm -hmm. 10 plus pounds of muscle in the offseason. You got Duncan Robinson. I like the squad. I think that they've only gotten better. And of course, we have P.J. Tucker. So what do you think about the Heat? Are they going to come out of this strong? So hashtag Heat culture. Everybody's sipping the Kool-Aid, loving Heat culture. And I'm not... I'm always sipping the Kool-Aid. I'm not not anti-Heat culture. I will say this. We know that at media day and the beginning of the season, every team and every player is the same thing. I'm in the best shape of my life. This is going to be the... I'm the best. I've been shooting all... All that we're going to play... They all see the same thing. I had the, the greatest offseason ever. This is my year. All of that jazz. And then the season comes and it's generally not what they said, right? Now, mm-hmm. you hit the nail on the head right when you started. To me, for them to be a contender and to be moved up into that category where with Brooklyn and Milwaukee, Bam has to be a consistent shooter scorer. Like he's got to be able to knock down that 15 to 18 mid-ranger consistently. Mm-hmm. He's got to be a plus on the offensive end. He was not that last year at all we i love what yeah, he, does. he struggled i love what he does defensively everyone loves that he's swiss army knife can switch out the multiple positions he, i love all that but offensively he's got to become that dude now and mm-hmm. until i see that i'm not buying the heat uh jimmy butler is who he is right like he is somewhere around the top 15 in the nba right uh, either like right in there or right on the outside someone who's always capable of being an all nba performer who performs best when the lights are the brightest we know who Kyle Lowry is. If you want to win games, Kyle Lowry is the kind of guy that you have on your team. Hero is going to have to have a good year. Um, and I think they're going to use him probably off the bench. And, and Duncan Robinson continue to shoot well. What does the P.J. Tucker addition do? As much as everyone loves the sneaker king, I mean, P.J. was kind of a zero offensively in the playoffs. Like, I mean, you know, we know he plays defense, but I mean, Durant still did his thing. I mean, granted, it's Kevin Durant. But, you know, I just, for the heat, it show me. Like, I, I get yeah. it. Heat culture, all that. Cool. Show me. Show me it where you put together a great regular season and you go into the playoffs and you start busting teams' ass. That's what I want to see from Miami. So until I see that, I'm not ready to move them up into the upper echelon, but they're certainly a solid playoff team for sure. Yeah, definitely agreed. So I'm excited to see. I want to see how Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler play together. I think it's going to be a great pairing, great match. But I, w- I just want to see it. I need to I need to know. So remember, um, right, since we have the play-in tournament, the first six seeds are locked into the playoffs. 
seven, mm-hmm. eight, nine, and ten are the ones that are part of that whole play-in deal. So I think mm-hmm. of this group, I think right. So we we'll have Atlanta solid. Uh, they're 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 not going to be they're going to be above the six. I believe that the Heat will also be above above that six line as well. Those are the only two I'd probably guarantee, though. Yeah, right those, now. those are the two guarantees I say right now, uh, just because I'm yeah. sure. Look, Philly should be, but this, and it's not. I'm not. It's not because I don't think Ben Simmons. I mean, that Joel's good. Joel's excellent. He's All NBA. I just the Simmons thing is kind of ugly, and I just again, I think what he does is not easily reviewable or being able to see and appreciate it with the naked eye. Because again, it's not about getting. He doesn't get buckets, but. All those things he does, he's not going to be there doing them. You're going to notice, wow, this is a problem. Yep, I agree with that too. And again, I know I always say this and I sound so skeptical, but Joel Embiid's health, can you go a full season? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we'll yeah. see about that one. Let's talk about my New York Knicks because we <laughs> paid Julius Randle. We're on the up and up after a great surprising season of going 41 and 31. The acquisition of point guard Kemba Walker, it's already been established that D Rose is going to come off the bench. So there's a good secondary for you when you need that help or God forbid Walker struggles with injury like he has, but Talk to me about these Knicks. Do you think they're going to be better now with the addition of Kemba Walker? So here's what's interesting about the Knicks. I think they overachieved a little bit last year. They were a little ahead of schedule going 41 mm-hmm. and 31. And the East as a whole, as a conference, is better than it was last year. So it's possible yeah. that the Knicks record is slightly better, but they're in a worse playoff spot. Like that's possible, right? Like they, they were a four seed last year, right? Because and, and, and the Hawks were a five. Look, the Knicks could end up being a six seed with one or two more wins than they had last year. It doesn't mean they got worse because they're in the plane. It's just because the conference as a whole, top to bottom, is better than it was. Um, I think Evan Fournier will help. Um, I think the Kemba Walker story is nice. My question about Kemba is what does he have left? You know my thing, Jenna, with small guards. Like when you're yep. small and the injuries start piling up, like it's – you know, it, it takes something out of you. Like, will playing at home revitalize him, re-energize him? Who knows? We know that Tibbs loves to play guys high minutes and grind them into the ground. That's not good. Um, the big thing for the next gen, if they're going to continue to ascend, R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quickly, your, and Mitchell Robinson when he returns from injury. Your young mm-hmm. guys have to develop and continue to get better. Does R.J. make a big leap this year? That's huge. Uh, Obi mm-hmm. Toppin, does he get more minutes quickly? Like these are the guys that your youth, those guys making steps up. Everyone loves Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson, but those guys are who they are, right? Like, yes, Derrick Rose was a one-time MVP many, many years ago. He's not that guy anymore. Yes, mm-hmm. I know he does some nice things for you last year and all that. I get it. But if your team, if you're looking at the future of this team and the Knicks continuing to ascend, it ain't going to be because of Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson, right? It's how much better is R.J. Barrett getting? How much better is Obi Toppin getting? Mm-hmm. How much better is Emmanuel Quickly getting? Your young guys who you drafted. And can Julius Randle repeat his all-NBA season? Right? Can yes. He, can he because, do that again? Well, yes, of course. Because we did see, too, though, that he took a slump in the playoffs. He did. So he did. that's going to be something people are going to be looking out for, too. Granted, you know, how far if they make the postseason and all that. So... 
again, more of, I guess, maybe the pressure of the postseason. Who knows? And, and this is Time year two, year two of Tibbs, right? Where it's like, oh man, these minutes, you know, and you know, Tibbs doesn't love young guys and it's, you know, and we're, we're back to an 82 game season now, right? Like, so mm-hmm. these are the things and look, they'll be prepared and they'll play hard. You know, all that, like, of course, that's what they do. Um, but I'd also keep my eye on the fact that, yes, they did extend Julius Randle. Don't be surprised, though, if he gets moved down the line for someone else. Just putting that out there. Oh, God. My nerves already. <laughs> All right. Let's move on here because we need to talk about some serious shit. And that's title contenders. <laughs> so these are our elite teams that are above all of course we have the reigning champions milwaukee bucks and the predicted champions the brooklyn nets so let's talk about your nets first again you cover them super heavily they are according to i mean most betters most um on the gm list supposed to win the title so again kevin durant james harden kyrie irving just to name a few um it's almost a no-brainer at this point. And I'm only saying that because we're not talking about the, the West yet. But talk to me about this Brooklyn Nets team. It's obviously dependent on Kyrie Irving and his future, um, which is up in question right now, seeing as he's not even allowed at the team facility to practice. And then the health, of course, of the trio that is Harden, Duran, and Irving, because they all dealt with injury last year. Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, between Brooklyn and Milwaukee, Jenna, they are a class above the rest of the teams in the East. It's like Brooklyn and Milwaukee, and then there's a gap, and then it's every Atlanta, everybody mm-hmm. else, right? They are head and shoulders above everybody else. As far as as it goes with Brooklyn, this is the cream of the crop, in my opinion. Uh, this is the best roster in the NBA. If healthy, of course, it's an if, but if healthy, you cannot beat this team four times out of seven. I, I think it's just too good because, again, who are you overloading on? Who are, you, who are you overloading on? Durant? Okay, cool. <laughs> now you got Harden, Kyrie, Patty Mills, Joe Harris. You got a bevy of 40-plus percent three-point shooters wide open. Knock yourself out. Hope you hope you enjoy that <laughs> that sauce, right? And then, okay, you're going to leave Durant one-on-one on the island. He's going to cook whoever's guarding him, right? Like So they have an embarrassment of offensive riches. Um, the thing with Brooklyn everybody talked about last year was, do they guard enough? Do they guard enough? I think we saw in the playoffs, yeah, they can. They're, when when they want to turn it up, they can play good enough defense to win. I mean, Not they, to mention, when you have everybody dropping almost 40, how much do you really need to guard, well, too? Th- th- there you go. And, and you know, Brooklyn played the best defense against the the champion, Milwaukee Bucks, in the entire postseason. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's just a way in which they match up well with, with so many teams, and they cause so many matchup nightmares for you. And so much of that is predicated on Durant, because that's your first problem riddled itself. What do I do with this? That, that's, well, that's what coaches say. What do I do with this? Okay, so now I'm focusing all my energy here. Shit, what about Harden? Shit, what about Kyrie? Shit, what about mm-hmm. Joe Harris? Shit, and it's just and LaMarcus Aldridge, Paul Millsap. I mean, they're young. It's just it's a, a, a bevy of riches. I think for Brooklyn, health is the number one thing. And it's funny because I asked Steve Nash this, um, not media day, but they had, he and, and, and GM Sean Marks had their own press conference the week prior. And I said, look, the Nets are a team that believes in sports science and rest and all these different things. And I said to him, to Steve, I was like, coach, the science tells you that those guys, particularly Kevin, James, and Kyrie, should play less. Mm 
right? Playing less is good for them because then you want them healthier come playoff times. How do you convince those three who always want to play to not play? And he was like, I got to fight them sometimes. Like, and that's going to be the biggest challenge. Can you imagine? That's going to be the biggest challenge is telling them to put the basketball down. Like, honestly, if they're all healthy, I wouldn't play them more than 60 games, the three of them this season. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't need to because they, those, because for Brooklyn, seeding doesn't really matter. It's not really important. Okay. Once they're somewhere in that top three, that's good enough because mm-hmm. the games that matter are the 16 you need to win that Larry O'Brien trophy. That's when you need those three and the rest of the team at their peak. And I think the roster is going to help them this year because they're far deeper than they were last year. I mean, their rookie, Cam Thomas, is excellent. So he's going to get a lot of playing time on the on days when those guys sit. The Patty Mills signing. Now with Kyrie and the uncertainty about his vaccination. And I want to be clear about this. Can they win the title without Kyrie? Yes. But the difficulty now ratchets up another level. Because... For all of his anti-vax and crazy whatever and nonsense, let us not let's not get it twisted. This is one of the most skilled players in the history of the NBA. He was 50, 40, 90 last year and all NBA. You don't just go, oh, I can just replace that. No, 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 no. That doesn't grow on trees. Okay. So you need that if you want to be at optimal full strength. Um, so yeah. Him not being there, if if that does happen, that's going to be a problem. And again, make winning the championship much more difficult than it needs to be. But again, if those guys are all clicking and with those with those bench guys, with Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge is back, Nick Claxton, and I'm telling you, those 16 games to win it, that Larry will be, that's what you need these guys for. Health, that's the biggest thing for them this year. Another random thing, but I'm so excited to see the development of Claxton. I think that he has so much room to grow. And um, it's interesting with Kyrie because, I mean, this is my opinion. I think he is the best ball handler in in the league by far. That's not even a question. Um, He's one of the only people, if not that has championship experience on this team, which is also well, super him, important. Him and Kevin are the only two that have won Him rings. and Kevin, yeah, mm-hmm. of course. But I mean, you know, I know so much we asked Kevin to carry the weight of the world. So the addition of Kyrie does help with that championship experience, his way to see the floor, the way he handles the ball, the way he can go off ball, the way he can go to the rim. Like, so yeah, definitely more difficult if he doesn't come back. But also to put it in perspective, Kevin Durant, the Nets were injured last year. Kevin Durant was carrying the team on his back, and they were one toe away from beating Milwaukee. That is with a healthy Milwaukee and Giannis Antetokounmpo on, on the court. So when you put it into perspective like that, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah. I really don't know. So <laughs> that's all I have to say <laughs> is I don't know. Yeah, it's, now, you know we're, we're excited to see how, how, it, how it all plays out. Exactly. Now, last but not least, let's talk about the reigning champion Bucks. They are fresh off a title win, and it's going to be interesting with them because it's either going to be a plateau for them or it's going to be another run. Mm -hmm. But again, the league is so different now, and Mm -hmm. we'll get to that next week in the West, but like, it's harder this year. Teams that we saw that ran through the East are not going to run whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So do you think that the Bucks might struggle? I don't. Uh, first of all, kudos to the Milwaukee Bucks for winning the title last year. Giannis Antetokounmpo put on one of the great finals performances we've seen in the history of, of, of the NBA finals. Look, the monkey's off their back, Jenna. Like, 
They did it. Like, You're right. Re- we re- remember, about the when they were down 0-2 to the Nets in the conference semis, we were like, oh, Bud's about to get fired. Who's going to be the next? Yep. I mean, my, how quickly things change. Now Bud's got an extension. All is well. Life is good in, in Milwaukee. The monkey's mm-hmm. off their back. And everyone's talking about Brooklyn and we'll get to L.A. next week. And the Lakers, they're kind of being overlooked a little bit, right? And they're going to play up the whole, like, quiet, humble Midwest team. Yep. Giannis is the quiet, humble superstar. And as I mentioned, he's just entering his prime at 26. Like, they can be potentially even better 26. than they were than they were last year, right? Um, I think their offseason was marginal at best, right? They picked up Grayson Allen and George Hill. I don't know that those guys are going to do much come postseason. Uh, the question is for them, their core, does Brooke Lopez continue to play the way he's playing, right? He's getting a little bit older. Um, they got a lot of quality play out of Bobby Portis last year. Is he able to do that again this year? Um, Giannis will be fine. They'll get DiVincenzo back, which will help. Um, does Pat Connaughton continue to shoot well from bid? They don't have P.J. Tucker, but as I mentioned, I, I didn't think, besides the defensive stuff, I didn't think he was great yeah. uh, offensively last year. And this is really about their big three, right? It's Giannis, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton. If they're back to what they were like last year, it'll likely be Milwaukee and Brooklyn in the conference finals. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that... And Milwaukee could play well and still lose just because Brooklyn's a juggernaut. I mean, they're just, they're so good. I mean, and, and a team that was not full, fully healthy last year took them to seven games, right? And overtime in game seven, right? So imagine a healthy Kyrie, healthy James Harden, and right, it's like, and healthy Kevin Durant. It's like, that's a lot to ask. I, I wouldn't even want to walk on the court. I'd just be like, no, I mean, look, this? they're, they're going to compete their asses off because those guys are competitors. But I think it's ultimately, as I said before, beating that squad four times out of seven is tough. That's tough. Yeah. Oh, I mean, especially with the way, I mean, if I, I, this happens every year. Like Kevin Durant is just so good. And then like, I'm like, <laughs> it can't get better, but then it does. And I'm like, how is this happening? And I then mean, I you know, because you know, he's not my favorite. Because <laughs> you, you, you're a Kevin Durant hater. I don't understand why. I mean, he's just the best player in the I, league. I mean, I don't, I don't understand. you're a hater it's fine no look and i think i think think milwaukee will be excellent and they're going to be right there um in the end and look it it wouldn't surprise me milwaukee found a way to win the title again i'm not i'm not necessarily predicting that but i'm not gonna be like oh my god shocked like no they they got their monkey off their back once you've already done it once you're like i'm good now no more pressures. They don't got to hear about Bud and is Giannis going to leave? Life is good in Milwaukee. So, mm-hmm. you know, they can fly under the radar a little bit as much as a defending champion can. I'm so excited that we only just got through the East and so many teams are good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the moves that happen in this offseason and guys coming back from injury i mean i know we always like go back and forth and say like it's unpredictable but like it's really unpredictable this sure time is. yeah no it's 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 outstanding and you know i'm i'm looking forward to it should be a great season i think i think the east is actually better than the west um it, it just i think top to bottom i think the east has wrestled that crown away from 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 the west you know, the West's got a lot of injuries, man. The Clippers are not as good. The Nuggets are not as good. You know, like, so we'll get to all that next week. But, um, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Guys, first episode back. Thank you for sticking around with us. We set you guys up. 
for half of the NBA. And then don't forget to catch us next week when we go through the West and, of course, keep you guys up on the latest news within the association because the T never stops <laughs> these days. You know what I'm saying? And you guys know where to find us, as always. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Find the video on YouTube. We are at J.S. Hector, at Gentleman Selly. And until next time, peace. Spent a couple years out here with these raps Tryna have a plan that we may come true Plotted some jobs but I ain't hit back I don't wanna trap, what's a man gon' do? Chevy told me come through to the spot Got a little kickback, bring the whole crew Ride around 10, came dressed in the nines You already know what we really finna do When we pull up on the scene, pull up on the scene Pull up on the scene, yeah we pull up on the scene